Jeez. exploit that. Yeah, so we exploited that on January 26th, if you're going down our list on the archive, and it was a movie called Peter Pan from 1924. Pan. It's funny, Pan's from the lusty god of music, and that's not what Peter Pan is. No, well, this, this was like, I guess, based really on the book or the play, I guess. On the how... book, yeah. It was a, I'm not, I think it was a book first, but certainly the movie was the play, at least the interstitials. They tried to capture the play on film. It was slightly different. There was that animal guy. Do you remember him? Yeah, I do. And, and we think he was also the crocodile. And um, one thing that was peculiar is in the U.S. version, they raised the American flag, you know, stars and stripes. But in the British version, they're raising the Union Jack. Oh, wow. Well, that's... Uh... I don't know. I, I think Peter Pan's playing it both ways. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think he's, so. He's got some, some scheme going on. He's like, Marketing. there's another world war. I know which side I'm going to ally with. Do well, that was good. It was a, it was a silent that? movie, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was a silent movie. And that really upset me because if it's in the public domain, that means we can play the audio. <laughs> uh, well, the, the, no, but the movie is in the public domain, but the music version might be different rights uh-huh i see that's right i think you would still... mention that in the episode all right well that was a controversial moment during peter pan that's we're that. now in february february 9th we did furry vengeance from 19 yes. from 2010 which is of course brendan fraser versus a raccoon yeah the, the movie that killed brendan fraser's career well, you know, he, he had an interview and he revealed a lot of stuff about his life. But yeah, I think I do agree. For well, he admits he's ashamed of this film. I mean, I am being a jerk to him, but he admits he's ashamed of this film. I don't know. Well, the director was for real. He did Cruel Intentions and The Sweetest Thing. And so the other river says, here is Brendan Fraser, one of the biggest international movie stars right. in the last two decades finding a raccoon squirrel puppet like on the floor like pretending he's a real thing and like giving it his all like there's nothing really wrong did. with his performance except that i was asked to do it <laughs> he used to be in great shape you know he did the action movies but he eased up on this demanding physical rec uh, regimen for this movie he thought it would be funny to you know be the dad right with the muffins right Okay, look, the best thing about this film, Billy Bush. Billy Bush is in it. Yeah, well, so Billy Bush from the this, from the Donald Trump tape Access. Right. Yes. Yeah. He's really from the Bush family and he was on Access Hollywood, the, the Trump controversy. So there you go. There's our uh But look, uh, we gotta Star make Trek a shout out to these comedians, Mike. I think you forgot. Remember Jim Norton was in it. Yeah, Jim Norton, that's right. I remember it was kind of the Jim Norton crew in there. It was and cool. Patrice yeah. O'Neill, who had some sort of tragic story, right? He died early. Yeah, so that's right. All right, so Patrice O'Neill. So he had a bunch of good comics. So would you recommend Furry Vengeance? Ron we saw Riggle. It on um, was it? Ron Riggle, that, that's a comedian who became an actor. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's fun. Uh, you're right about that scene. It's clear he's, it's a puppet. But uh, I don't know, it entertains. Yeah, it's entertaining. <laughs> It shouldn't have killed his career. That's too rough. It's not that. Yeah. On February 16th, we watched Wildflowers from 1999. Yeah. A movie from 1999, Carl, yeah. the best year ever. Yeah, remember our, our joke about Roadrunner? <laughs> beep, beep. Yes. 
So this is a film that's shot in the Bay Area, which is as separable as our show is. I, if it's from the Bay Area, I'd like to see mm-hmm. it. And it's out of Sausalito. Uh, and there's these boats. You know, wouldn't it be cool to live in a boathouse, Carl? Right. Yeah. It was. It's not. It, it really is. lived there, and it was great. It was Claire, uh, Clea Devon. Yeah. Well, here's a film where I think it was Sarah Hannah was a, a yes. woman who was a hippie. The mom. And, uh, she was the mom. She was she not was the mom. The mom. Well, so the the girl, uh, the teenager, comes of age and comes meets her real mom, who's a hippie. Yes. And when she she tells Daryl, she goes, "Daryl, I'm your daughter," and Daryl says, "Beep beep." <laughs> that was that was it. That was a funny joke at that episode right there. But it was a good movie. I like that oh, one. It was so right funny. That excellent scene, which they were in the wilderness in that abandoned house, right? It was or like a lean-to or something. And yeah, she goes, you're my mom. And she goes, shoom, beep, beep. <laughs> oh, <laughs> runner. <laughs> if she can't choose you, your mom. You're my mom. Blues Travelers was in that. Yeah, it was good. It was a good cast. And Eric Roberts. I don't know. It was all. Yeah, yeah, Eric Roberts, right before he kind of, he's in a lot of stuff. Like, uh, bring, I'll take it. Hello, I'll take it. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought maybe it would be someone who's yeah. offering. No, hi, mom. Hi. Hello, this is you, reach Eric Roberts. I'll take the role. Hello, your vehicle. This is the vehicle notification uh, call. Sounds great. I'll be there on Monday. All right, Eric so Robert style 444 4444. He gives a sincere, he's he gives a really good performance in that. Yeah, he does. It's, he it's a good movie, it's worth lot. looking out. I we still have Popcorn Film Channel, I believe. The next film is February. Oh, yeah, that's right. There was a North Beach Cafe that she was in. I'm not sure. I just know it was Green County. Oh, right. Yeah, and she had a yeah. great house. It was like there was a courtyard in the back. Yeah, no, it's beautiful up there. Absolutely. So, yeah, you get to see it. And a lot of hippies, you know, out mm-hmm. there, so. Older, older hippies. So it was good. It was a solid movie. Not as good as The Matrix from that year, but you know. Right. Not as good as The Matrix. But this is our Never show. Uh, on February 23rd, we watched Bugsy Malone from 1976. Fun film. Fun film. All the kids under 17 years old, every single cast member, including Jodie Foster, Scott Bayo, and Dexter Fletcher. Yes, who we know from. The mo- mad monkey. What is it? Uh, desperate. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> what twisted is obsession. Yeah, twisted, twisted obsession. obsession. Which was in England called the mad monkey, and in Spain was called El Sueño de Lo- Moco, uh, Mono Loco. So, a lot of history to that movie. So I Dexter Fletcher, uh, director. Yeah. Yeah, Rocket Man. For fuck's Rocket sake. Man. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And he took over from Ryan Singer, as it were. In Bohemian uh, Rhapsody. He also did Eddie the Eagle. Eddie the Eagle was a fun film. Uh, It was 2015. Uh, It's a little unrealistic, that film, but he did a good job. So he went on to, he is something interesting. But there also the music of Paul Williams was in it. And they did the adults instead of kids as singers. Yeah. Well, you know, they have, uh, they reenact gangsters, the the whole film lore of gangsters. And they sing as a musical as part of yeah. Fillmore. They're also kids. So instead of gunfire, there's uh, pie fights. Right. And it's directed by Alan Parker, who did Pink Floyd the Wall, of course. 
and it's just as stylized and Avita and and it's and it's just as great as those films. Even yeah. though it's hard to get over the fact they're kids. He was uh, ashamed of this film for years, and it wasn't in his memoirs. And it was like when he was in his like eighty late eighties that he finally said, "You know, this film is fun." Do you remember the pedal cars? Yeah, right. That's how they got around, like the Flintstones. And you already mentioned the splurge guns. That was a lot of fun. And the songs were fun. You know, it was it was good. It was Scott Bale made out with Jodie Foster behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, you know, if you go to his Twitter account, he lists uh, Buzzy Malone as one of his films. He should. It yeah. was his first. You know, he didn't even want to do it. He was sick of going into Manhattan. It was his parents. He wasn't a big famous guy. And they, you know, he went in, he read the thing, and he slammed it down and left. And and the director was like, that. Alan Parker was like, this guy's for me. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And he, did, he holds it together. And then he became Chachi. So it's definitely... Uh, Chachi, yeah. Yeah. One, one last thing. Do you remember yeah. that actor who played the tough guy? Remember? He yeah. From Brooklyn, he was an unknown. This this Alan Parker went to all these schools and said, who's the worst kid in this class? And they went, you know, they pointed at him. He, I don't know. He just fell into the role and he did it perfect. Our next film was actually, we, uh, you, uh, as you know, yeah. the pandemic... Carl flew over uh, to San Francisco to Mini right. Radio Studios. Uh, we were part of the fifth annual Mini Radio Comedy Festival, and we were very excited because we had multiple shows, uh, one uh, with live audience as well. And uh, so on the July, so that aired uh, live. Uh, was that the one where? Uh, no. So yeah, was this the Dante's Inferno and um, the Tarantino film? Right, so we watched Dante's Inferno, another uh, movie from my best friend's birthday. Yeah, which was pretty good for you know, it was a bridge version to be honest with you. It wasn't you know, they couldn't fit everything in that 25 minutes, and then we watched like burnt in a fire. There's only 36 minutes that remain of it, but the burnt in a fire might be a myth as well. Well, that's true, maybe they covered the other two books, uh, but they burned it. I really enjoyed going out to San Francisco. This was two weeks before lockdown. We didn't know it was coming. I didn't know it was coming. No. And you were very hospitable. We did a lot of edge of insanity appearances together. Um, we did that show where we did clips about San Francisco. And the playlist on Luggish Tuesdays. We did the rats are coming. The werewolves are here. We had a lot of fun that visit. It was like a week and a day or something. It was good. Oh, absolutely. So I, I would say, like, if you want to check it out, uh, listen to our March 1st episode. And Carl, it was great to have you in San Francisco. And, I, and absolutely, we did some sketch, uh, some stand-up shows as well. Yeah. Uh, if you check out later in the month on March 22nd, the rats are coming, the werewolves are here. We had comedians from the festival join us. Yeah. Uh, so you can go ahead and listen to that. And then uh, just like rounding off uh, March 8th, we did Ape for 1975, six. Carl, fill me in. My, my head's full of holes. Okay, the reason is Ape was unremarkable. Ape was attempting to be a ripoff of King Kong. It was 19, uh, of, in 1976. It was a South Korean American venture, but it had 3D effects. That was oh. like a hook. And, the you know, it did Ape with the mash asterisks in between it. Um, they got sued. Right away, right away, and they had to change the name. It was going to be called the New King Kong, 
Huh. Uh, and it was a $1.5 million lawsuit. And these guys just threw up their hands and said, okay, we're changing them. All right. No problem. Yeah. They yeah, named it on. Super Ape. Super Ape. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Well, there's that's, that's the reason why I have no idea. Our movie on March 15th was Swap Meat, the delightful yeah. film from 1979. Swap Meat. Uh, it's kind of unremarkable, but it was, I don't know. It was nice to see Danny DeVito at the age of taxi. And uh, Rhea Perlman, um, you know, back in the day. But my favorite part of this film was it starred not Bud Court. Your favorite character actor who looks a lot like character actor Bud Court, but yeah. he's not. Bud Danny Court. Goldman is his name. Well, Danny Goldman was memorable in it. It was basically, it would be great now during the pandemic to go to a drive-in movie house that we open up, park your car, and watch Swap Me. It takes place in the 70s in a drive-in movie house where during the day, the drive-in movie theater, the parking lot becomes a swap meet. Yes. Where people sell their stuff. And it was the adventure. It was pretty solid. I, I liked the movie. It had a memory. John Gryers was in it. Scott Pryors? Uh, John Gryers, who you like from uh, Joysticks. He was King Vidyat in Joysticks. Oh, that's right. Sure. And from uh, Napoleon Dynamite. That guy's great. Uncle Rico. Yeah, Uncle Rico. Yeah, he was very funny in that and swap me. Uh, as we mentioned, March 22nd was The Rats Are Coming, The Werewolves Are Here, a low-budget yeah. film directed by a low-budget cult director whose name Andy I never Milligan. remember this. Andy Milligan. Andy Milligan. This was 1969. He was in this all England and in this house, and he's like such an opportunity. He filmed four films there, and he filmed them simultaneously. God, yeah. So it made, and then he had it together. The only thing I remember about this film, besides having uh, some great comics with us, yeah. was that there was one girl who was stabbing a, a rat with a knife, and yeah. she was really stabbing, but yeah. she was playing with it, like like I'm gonna see how close that I can hit. But she and hit she the, the hit rat it. a couple. Times. That's and right. That. So that's it. That's what you can see. It's on YouTube as well. Mm -hmm. uh, on March 29th, our last movie was National Lampoons. Robo Doc. That was fun. 2008. National Lampoon, like you said. It was written by two doctors. Two real medical doctors wrote the uh, story. It's it's a Robo Doc who walks around some hospital and much to the charge. He's data. That was our Star Trek connection. He pretends he's data. Wasn't Michael Winslow shows up in the first three minutes. Doesn't do a sound effect. He does one when he quits the, right. the hospital right. and he goes. Beep, beep, blurp, I'm out of here. Yeah, and right. That's it. That's it. And then he gets top billing. That All right. Well, what about Alan Thicke then? I'm Alan Thicke. And, uh, yeah, it was all right. You know, he, he, God bless him. Rest in peace. I don't think it was when he died. It was, but he just, I don't know, they hired Eric Roberts' phone must have been down that day. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, they did manage to get the kid from uh, uh, Married with Children David and his Hustina. wife. And his wife. His then wife. His then wife is one of the nurses in this film. I enjoyed that film. I recommend it. It was stupid. Well, it was like his his doc, his robo doc abilities is seducing nurses, <laughs> which we see in first person. Oh, robo doc! That perfume you're wearing—it's enticing. Looks like the brother. No, he died. Uh, the brother died. And so, like, he made RoboDoc to sort of be in the image of his brother, like, as an homage. And then the old girlfriend showed up, the fiancé, who was, you know, that's why there was an attraction. Okay. National Lampoon's name is also on National Lampoon's Replicate. We watched Very that. Good. Very uh, good. Film. 
from 2002, more of a standard National Lampoon movie. It's about these college kids and they just can't get a woman. And wouldn't it just be great if they just built a woman? So <laughs> weird science, they build a replicate named right. Kate, a replicate, replicate. And they replicated she, her. They replicated her. See, they replicate her, and there's shenanigans in the collegiate lab, and but more importantly, she learns to become a dude. And at the end of the well, film, yeah, that was yeah. the whole plot. They they said, okay, we're raising a child here, so let's raise her to like sex and drink beer and be into sports and all the uh, like uh, heterosexual jock things. So they get exactly what they deserve. Now look it. She's a beauty pageant title holder, this actress. She was beautiful. She won yeah. Miss USA. She's with, with George Bush and the first lady saw her movie and asked her, to, saw this movie. And so she was sitting next to them in the State of Union. You know, she was sitting by the mom. All right. Well, there, yeah. And uh, she's, she's funny in the movie. I mean, she definitely <laughs> holds it together. But yeah, it's kind of like a... No, wait. What about Eugene Levy? It was oh great, God. this movie. Right, so he uh, he was like a mayor or something like that. He didn't have well, a he twin. Was the, he was the head of the lab, right? And so <laughs> right. they were his grad students working under him with the cloning machine, you know? So he was, where's my report? The president's gonna, this thing better work. You're gonna work all night. He did that. But, but remember, he got replicated himself. And he, all he, they taught him how to say is, get out of here. <laughs> it was very funny. This was a good film. Replicates had about three or four days to be learn what to do. But, he, but the clone doesn't know anything. So all he knows is how to say, get out of here. <laughs> That's All right. Good good one. Good one. <laughs> so now, now we're gonna get Eugene Levy comedy. Just act stupid. Okay, wait. Well, let's replicate. Yeah, it ends with her like kind of being <laughs> a toxic dude to the dudes, right. and they, oh, they have to stay at home it. while she drinks beer. Okay, so uh, on April 12th, we watched from 1925, I believe, another public domain movie, The Salvation yeah. Hunters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, this was not a public domain movie. This was uh, Joseph von Sternberg's artistic film that helped launch his career about a bunch of uh, existential ne'er-do-wells by the river docks. Right, right. Do you remember he put the Vaughn in the middle of his name just to sound cool, to sound European? Right, because he was Joseph Sternberg, and I had I had watched the uh, three of his films were on part of a box set. One of the few times I went to the library before shutdown, mm -hmm. and I watched the collection. And I actually held on to it during quarantine, and uh, this film was always mentioned as like this was how he he got attention and stuff like that. And well, he in flipped it into Charlie Chaplin's home. He made it as if it had been a delivery. <laughs> And Charlie Chaplin was like, oh, what? You know, I can't do Chaplin. He's, what the hell is this? And he re-reeled it. See, when Salvation Hunters came out, it, it bombed. It, it just completely bombed. Nobody went. The audience was the cast members. Uh, 
so he snuck it into Charlie Chaplin's house, and Charlie Chaplin liked the film. He fell in love with it. April 19th, we watched Kung Fu Mahjong 2. Right. Now, you remember why we saw Kung Fu Mahjong 1 by mistake, remember? Right. I was looking for a different film directed by Johnny Toe, uh, and I gave Carl the wrong link. And we watched a film called Kung Fu Mahjong, which was great. It was a parody yeah, of Kung Fu Hustle, and it had a lot of the Mahjong jokes, which is what I look for in Mahjong movies. And the director went on to make the sequel, two sequels, back-to-back. Right. And yeah, like, two's this not one, bad. This one came out the same year. In 2005, January, Kung Fu Mahjong came out, and this one came out, I forget what month, but it was also 2005. Yeah, and it's solid. It's a funny movie. Yeah. It's, uh, it there, I think, uh, I don't know, you know, I, you should check out a film called Kung Fu Heroes from the early 80s. It's on Netflix now. And it has a lot of Mahjong jokes in it. It's, uh, you, you kind of see like how this kind of helped pave the way for Kung Fu Mahjong. I was teasing you that she dies in the end. Like you thought I, you know, I was like, it's too bad when she dies. It's tragic. Yeah, you know, I, I fell didn't... for it. I did fall for it. Didn't the director of Kung Fu Mahjong 2 also act in it? Uh, yeah, he was the, I think maybe that was Kung Fu Mahjong 1. Oh, okay. The, the head of the mob guy, and his girlfriend was, you know, it wasn't the daughter, it was his girlfriend that he liked, and, okay, that's the, the wrong year. Yeah. She well, doesn't die go. in the end. I just want to, I'm going to ruin it for people, Kung Fu Mahjong 2, she doesn't <laughs> die in the end. I, I fell for you. I fell you for it back then. On April 26th, if you're looking at our list, 426, we watched On the Right Track from 1981. With the guy, Gary Coleman, who somehow you're tied with the same birth year. Yeah, we were born in the same stuck on your mind. Yeah. 12 years old in this film. Well, it's about a homeless kid who's been sleeping in the uh, Chicago train station uh, luggage station. box because he's so petite, who has this uncanny knack of picking the horses, which become makes him a celebrity and also gets into a heap of trouble. Right. And... TV's Norman Fell also shows up, and it was a television director, I believe. Yeah, uh, Lee Phillips, he was a director and an actor, but he earned a Razzie for Worst Actor. I don't know. He did all right. <laughs> Maureen well, Stapleton. So wait, the, the lead in uh, On the Right Track, the, the, the adult lead, got a Razzie? Gary Coleman got a Razzie. For oh, yeah. worst actor, that's too bad. I don't think he was. That's the too worst bad. Actor. That's a little harsh. Yeah. Well, I think he produced it too. It was one of his, so hopefully he made some money off of it back in the day. That went to him, of course. Right. The late Gary Coleman. Uh, yeah, it's good. You know what? It's available on YouTube, and if you're a fan of uh, different strokes, and if you know who we're talking about, you have an opportunity to watch this theatrical release movie from 1980. Uh, one, it's not very good, but uh, he's funny in it. And I have you know, more to say about it, but we're moving on to one of your favorite films of all time. Of all time. On uh, May 3rd, we watched Meatballs 3. And Carl, let me just tell you, here's what I got to say. It was National Foods, Animal House, and Porky's kind of made this whole genre, this whole industry of these teen sex comedies. But both of those films took place in the 60s. Yeah. It wasn't until Stripes from 79 that kind of was a huge film about present-day teenagers 
awkward about sex and learning about sex and facing it head on and all that garbage. And there was also like a, a I think it's called Lemonade or something like that. I forget, but there was uh, other films like that. But, you know, so Meatballs kind of had this thing. The sequel, which not a lot of people know about, and I can't find, had like Phoebe Herman as a bus driver. It had E.T. as a camp member. As a, oh as a It had a Richard Mulligan as like a general Patton counselor. It was kind of like a hodgepodge. But then Meatballs 3 is like a generic, it's like a ditto of a ditto. It's like, a, you know, a <laughs> third generation dub of what these movies are about. Which is the a first kid. one that doesn't take place in a summer camp. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a summer job. He's got a summer job. Yeah, because they named the full title was Meatballs 3 Summer Job, like I think to differentiate it on yes. the uh, uh, through the markets. But it was Patrick Dempsey, who at the, as a teenager was in a lot of these weird 80s teenage films, which, you know, he's moved on, of course. But he goes, he has a summer job working at like some kind of West Palm Springs. I don't know, like some. Well, Florida. it was a bar. It was a bar. But it was a bar in the docks, like in the water. Like right. it, it was a floating bar. And the guy who ran it was a motorcycle dude. And Bing, the dude Bing. had a girl. And you can't mess with this girl. This girl right. lives on the top floor of the bar. And the dude throws guys out who try to fool with his girl. And so out of the, the roof. Yeah, and all the all the partiers are like, yeah, you tell them, Buster. You and know, they like bet on it. Yeah, it's like spring break every weekend. So he goes to a summer job, but also concurrently, there is a uh, porn star who died and went to heaven, but can't get to the through the pearly gates unless the porn star ghost gets that particular nerd laid during the summer. Right, Roxy, Roxy. Played by Sally Kellerman, our MASH connection, who was right. in Hot Lips. Uh, What's uh, that? Star Trek connection, too. Yeah. Oh, do tell. Uh, well, it was called, uh, uh, it was the pilot episode for Star Trek. She was like the ship's counselor kind of person. And she, um, it was called Where No Man Has Gone Before. And it's uh, she, Sally Kellerman. She's well, there our you Star go. Trek connection. She was a celebrity too. She would always do uh, the paparazzi shots and she was known for going to Cannes Film Festival and getting her photo taken mm -hmm. there as well. And she she plays it like a 1930s dame, which is strange, but the movie well, she plays is strange. it like Mae West. She thinks Mae West has a sexy voice. Yeah. So it's a strange film. And then Meatballs 4 was actually Ski Academy or something like that. Uh -huh. Corey Feldman and Jack Nance. They, HBO changed Oh, yes, name. yes, yes. All right. Well, that's why I say one of the greatest movies ever made. May 10th, we watched Mr. Billion. Mr. B -B -B Billion with a B. Yes. I like that film. And uh, it was the star of, like, the biggest movie star in Europe. He did a lot of spaghetti westerns. He was from Italy. And this was supposed to be the big launch for him in the United States. Right. He was paired against uh, Jackie Gleason, who at yeah. the time was still acting. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's a... It's a he had a partner, but he was the partner wasn't in this film. But the guy's charming. He, you know, he's kind of a cipher in this film. His the character's name is because he's from Italy. He was Guido. Yeah, and that's the right. Thing is, the slur, the slur. They I get they didn't mean it as an Italian slur, but that certainly right. is what it is and was then too. I guess the man's real name was Guido, but it didn't come off very well. 
He he got notified that his uh, uncle or something has died, and he can inherit the Trans America build the Bank of America building in San Francisco if he drives from Italy to San Francisco. So he flies over to America. Company, the whole company wants to know. But Jackie Gleason wants to stop it, and so right. he, they're on the road. He flies to America. He meets a gal. They drive across to San Francisco. Valerie Perrine. Yeah, that's right. Valerie Perrine, who's from uh, Cuckoo's Nest, I believe. Yeah, and Cannonball. Yeah, Cannonball, of course. So it, you know, it has its moments. The, the everyone's charming in it, but uh, it was a film. I don't know. It's a strange little film. Yeah, I like it. Uh, um, Slim Pickens was in it. Remember? Yeah. What is well, it? golly, okay. I took my farm. I like to move on to the next one, Carlos. Uh, May seventeenth. Okay. What's that? <laughs> well, okay, Rosebud Beach Hotel. Who's yeah. Buddy's guy? Peter Solari gets a hotel, and it might as well play like a sitcom. It had, I don't know, it was charming. I don't know. I liked it. Well, I, I mean, it, it had this that guy who always plays Dracula, um, Francisco, Scum, you know, Count Dooku from Star Wars, remember? Christopher, Christopher Lee, right? Right, the, right, right. Yeah. And Francis Fred Jester, she's, yeah, young young 80s Fred Jester, uh, definitely worth watching. <laughs> she was good at it. Do you remember the uh, the pictures that were Duran Duran album covers? You know what I remember? The Bell Boys are a comedy duo, right? Yeah. And they would just yeah. be in their own little world. Right. And they, they talk like, you know, they talk like or detached a little doing sticks. Like it was like straight pavilion, like yep. more 80s cocaine type of uh, humor. It was really <laughs> interesting. They had that party in the broom downstairs. Yeah. I don't know. It's worth it. It was a, it was a good film. But also, we, don't you remember um, Chuck McCann was in it? Um, yes. And uh, Eddie Deason was in it. He was an alien, remember? Yeah, I, I'm telling you, it's a good movie. Because I think the Rosebud Beach Hotel was that. That was not in California, right? No, it was, it was in Florida. It was Florida. It was the father of Colleen Camp owned it. And he was giving the bachelor party dude, uh, Peter Scolari, a chance to run it and prove himself. Do you remember Mo Monique Gabriel was in that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, it's good. It's solid. So you should check it out. It's oh, amazing. Wait. I know you're going away. So I just got to say the last thing. The lead singer of, um, uh, gosh, what was that band called? Um, the Runaways. You remember Cherry Bomb? Right, yeah. Her I'm trying and her to... twin sister. Yeah, that's right. They're in there and they sing the songs, a couple songs in there. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll remember the name. Obviously, our, our listeners know who we're talking about. Uh, Hopscotch, 1980, was our film on May 24th, if you check out that episode on our archives. That's with Walter Matthau, and uh, I, my mom promised me to see that movie, and uh, I did. I, I broke something, and as punishment, I was never allowed to see it. I saw that movie 40 years later, and I'm glad I never saw it as a kid. You know, I, I wouldn't appreciate it. Yeah, that's right. It really wasn't a movie for a kid. It was a espionage. Um, you can't fire me. I'll be a jerk to you if you do. A film, and I forget how did we just. I 
I forget how we found it, but but nonetheless, it was just a lot of fun. It was produced by that um, childhood friend of Walter Matthau's, and it was based on the novel. It was all right. Mozart was the the soundtrack. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's definitely like take this job and screw it, but it has this geopolitics, uh, political, and very just dry humor to it as he just fucks things up. And uh, for, for other people, it's, it's definitely worth watching. And it's a great, Julie Christie, right, was in it as well. Yeah, and Glenda Jackson. And Glenda Jackson. Glenda Jackson is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Also, it changed the movie industry a little bit because they did this direct distribution release to the film. They bypassed traditional methods and just sent it to the theaters themselves uh, and made the theater owners profit participants. And they signed 154 theaters with advanced payments. Sure, we'll take your money and distributed it that way. Right. Rebel well, there you go. And so thus created IFC. Uh, on uh, May 31st, we watched one of the second of the three films I loved from this year. Uh, Quentin Tarantino's 2007 film is on YouTube. We're talking about Death Proof. Yeah. I, I, I'll be very brief because I wrote a really long dissertation. It's, it's part of a, it was theatrically released as Grindhouse, yeah. which had two connecting movies. Uh, first was a Robert Rodriguez film, which I was just watching today, Planet Terror. Oh. Yeah. You know, in, in Planet Terror, there's a scene where in the beginning of the film, the radio says, and this is in memoriam of our own Jungle Julia. So it references uh, Death Proof, and it has characters that show up in Death Proof. I think my biggest complaint is that it sh they should really release what they released in theaters. Both uh -huh. Death Proof and Planet Terror were re-released on video cassette as extended official theatrical versions. And they added scenes in Death Proof that they should have never included, you know, like uh -huh. the the strip tease and then the uh, whole shoe, the foot licking Italian Vogue uh, right, right. as convenience store. It's a dream within a dream. You dream about these women, they have phone conversations on their text messages with Simon Christensen, and then they get killed, and then we watch it again. And this time they fight better, you know, like yeah, it's a very okay. strange movie. One of the weirder movies I've ever seen. It just uh, it seems like I'm, I'm I'm stuck in a dream. The daughter of Cheryl Ladd was in it, and, and uh, who Zoe Bell, who was the stunt woman. Right, you know, and that's another weird thing I I would have to say is that she was a stunt woman for Uma Thurman and Kill Bill. I mean, right. it, in Kill Bill, Uma Thurman did her own stunt and got hurt in a car accident, and that was on Quentin Tarantino's request. And then following movie, he did a film where he took Uma Thurman's son woman and put her in distress in a different car situation, yeah. car stunt situation. Yeah. It's weird. You know, he came up with the idea with um, uh, Sean Penn. They were in a hotel together for some reason, I don't know, and they were drinking. And he and uh, Tarantino was like, I w I'm going to get a Volvo. I'm just afraid of dying in a car crash. It's just stupid. I'm getting a Volvo. And so he said, well, why don't you just get a Hollywood stunt crew, pay them about, you know, $1,500, and they'll death proof it for you. They'll soup it up like, you know, like a NASCAR's cage. It goes, death proof, death proof. That gave him the idea, a stuntman's car. I don't know the rest of the slasher stuff, but that's what the, you know, per kill, that was his eureka moment. Yeah. And his well, jukebox was in the film. Wasn't that dumb? 
his jukebox, well, he shows up as himself. Uh, and like he always says these films where you hang out. So this film, you literally hang out with him himself yeah. in his own bar and yeah. his own jukebox, which he meticulously compiled himself. Yeah, uh, yeah it's a weird movie. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. What about the sheriff, the son and the, the father and son sheriff team? Well, that's why you need to see it as Grindhouse, because they show up first in Planet Terror. First off, Tarantino has always said, I have two types of movies. One about real people, like in uh, Pulp Fiction, you know, mm -hmm. and then the movies they would like to see, like uh, From Dust to Dawn, where the, the Michael Parks sheriff first appeared. Michael Parks appeared and got killed and blown up and, you know, caught on fire. Uh, by George Clooney in the beginning of From Dust to Dawn. Right. And then Reinhouse, he's he's not only is he alive, but his daughter works as a nurse at a hospital. And his son's also, a uh, you know, so you meet his mom in the first one. And then, and then in Death Proof, he shows, they show up an hour and 15 minutes into the film. Yeah. And they're at the hospital. This is before the zombies from the first movie show up. And the, the daughter is there with Michael Parks, and Michael Parks has a son, you know. They who suspect works. it's a murder. They're talking about how they suspect it's a murder. But fuck it, this ain't my jurisdiction. But you know, it's weird. It's like his his fantasy character is now in the real world. I don't know. It's, it's a very strange, like... Uh, yeah. It, it would help it if was, you've seen the first movie, and you go, oh, cool, that's the guy from that movie I saw four hours ago. You know they what should I mean? be together. And it also represents what a grindhouse is. You know, one film, the next film, the next film. Right, yeah, absolutely. And also, like, the first film had, like, a lot of war references, which I kind of like, because, you know, during the Vietnam War, there was a lot of crappy films. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so you can watch both films back-to-back -back and maybe feel better for yourself, but it's a very strange film, and uh, so I, I definitely want to single that out. So uh, keep going. So that was the end of May. May 31st was yeah. Death Group. And then on June 7th, we watched Yahoo! Serious and Mr. Accident from 1999. Yeah, yeah, the last film he ever did, the film that killed his career. I loved this film. It was hilarious. He works in the Sydney Opera House as a uh, egg uh, uh, delivery. Uh, well, he can see the Opera House. He works in a factory, an egg factory. It's an egg factory. They use the Opera House as an egg factory, and he has his <laughs> own weird apartment where a lot of uh, accidents happen because he is Mr. Accident. Yeah, Mr. Accident. Not yet, my friends. Please, this is an impassioned plea from Pam Benjamin, the director of Mutiny Radio. Let us live past October. You think it's a joke? COVID is decimating all of us, and especially us here at Mutiny Radio, we have money left until October first. Don't let anyone sing, despite of their size. Please, please go donate to our GoFundMe. Go to mutinyradio.fm and click that GoFundMe button, or just go to Venmo. Mutiny Radio, all one word. Just Mutiny Radio. Give us five bucks. Help us keep free speech and radical self-expression real and alive here in San Francisco and all over the world. Please donate to our Mutiny Radio. Go fund me and keep us alive in 2020 and beyond. Don't let our world end. I am Italian. 
And we brought you fascistness with Mussolini. And before that, the Romans. So if you think you live in a fascist country, well, you do. Antitrump.com is the antivirus to the Trump virus. It started in 2016 with two sketches and a dream for a better America. No one thought it would be this bad. He was a 70-year-old yammering nimrod. How bad could it possibly be? We are now in a global pandemic without adequate leadership. Individual politics are not important. We need to rally behind curing the Trump virus. Go to antitrump.com. Hey you, poetry reader. This is Bjork's sister, Mjork. It's okay, we also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radio's AltaCast, zoomed every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. One of our co-hosts from Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Andy Talbot, has a new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, which is available at analogsubmission.com now. Go buy it. And don't let the poets lie to you. Once again, that's Andy Talbot's new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, available at analogsubmission.com. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. All right. We are deep into the happy hour. We're a couple minutes in. We've got some comedians that are all together outside socially distanced, together in spirit, not actually in practice, just in spirit. Please remember that happy hour open mic is a clean mic because we're projecting onto the street at 21st in Florida. And although we have a permit from the city that says, heck yeah, go ahead and do that. We have neighbors and they have children and they don't want to hear our terrible F swears in their delicate ears. So it's not that hard not to swear, I promise. So please, 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 please do your best. Also, uh, we are here for safety. We've got all the safety. Um, a lot of comedians have their own mic condoms. I have mine in my pocket. If you did not bring your own microphone or your own mic condom, by the door there are purple gloves, and I invite you to take one of those purple gloves and use it as a condom, a five-fingered condom, over the mouth of that microphone. It, don't worry, it doesn't dampen the sound too much. All right, also there is a bucket over there for donations because boy, do we need it. Um, COVID was really tough on Mutiny Radio and somehow I kept it alive. So, I don't know. My parents don't think I'm a genius, but uh, whatever, I did it, yay me. Okay, I'm going to come around, do a couple jokes. We're going to get this thing started. Clap, 
your tushies. Yay, clap, clap, clap. Here comes the pitch, and it comes in wide. Fresh mic condom. Fresh condom on the mic. How is that first sound-wise? Everybody can hear it. Need to be a little louder. It's good. All right. Hey, here we are on the street. Hey, how you doing? Comedy on the street. Good times. Uh, yeah. Hey, new guys, new girls. That's exciting stuff. That this this first name can't be a real name. Sometimes when you look at names on the list and you're like, that's that's a stage name. You can't be a real. I'm gonna look at your ID after. Because I don't believe it. I also don't believe, okay, no, it, I can hear it. You know how like when you talk into microphones so much you don't know if you can hear yourself on the speakers or not? That's what's happening to me. Uh, I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, for the night. Hi, guys. You look like you're 17. I know that the mask is weird, but show me that pretty mouth. Are you? How old are you? I was 18. I was a year off. See, if you were young, one year younger, that would have been really inappropriate. But this, in this case... No problem. 18, yeah. No, it's, how did you hear about it, young man? He told you. All right. Well, cool. You're not Ian, though. You're not Ian Langlands. I can't tell. Everybody looks the same with masks on at this point. I'm like, I'm supposed to know everybody from their eyes. I was walking down the street, and a, and a gentleman, he's like, Pam, Pam. I'm like, I'm not going to, I can't tell who you are. With the, It's just going to be even more awkward than it usually is. Cool. I don't remember anybody's names ever. That's why you wrote them down on this wonderful list. I'm so lucky. Uh, all right, so I'm going to, when I come out, I'll bring out the little horn and a little timer. When you hear the horn, it'll go, wow, wow. Uh, that means you have a minute. So uh, that's how that works. Uh, don't, it ain't, ain't no nation like a donation. Uh, hook us up. That would be cool. Uh, also, please remember, this is a clean mic because of our neighbors, so no F swears. You could say flip, you could say, you know, darn, I mean, whatever. You're going to be fine. Don't worry. Don't get, don't get too nervous about it. It's, it's not that tough. Uh, all right. Your first comedian of the night has an amazing name. Put your hands together, everybody, for Johnny Casino. I haven't felt safe since the 90s. All right, everybody. How you doing? You having fun, San Francisco? Wonderful 21st in Florida. Raise your hands. Are you from San Francisco? Anyone? Who is anymore? It's just a visiting state, right? I, I guess I'm the, the bullet sound check guy. Anyway, yeah, my name really is Johnny Casino. I know that might astonish some of you. Um, not me so much. I'm the third. There was two before me, and uh, my family's unoriginal, so they couldn't come up with a new name. Anyway, yeah, I'm a comedian. I live in Sacra Sacramento. I, I, what does it say? Sacagawea. I live in Sacagawea. Right in the right. Yeah. 
while trying to not be in front of the speaker when that happened. All right. <laughs> this, is, this is already better than my last set when a brawl broke out. <laughs> but that's fun. Um, San Francisco, I don't really visit here often. I used to come here every week to do shows. And then um, two years ago, I just sort of, I don't know. I dried up. The town drove. It's better behind the speaker. Safer back here. Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. There's the sweet spot right there. <laughs> the doorway is the sweet spot. Welcome, welcome. Come on in. Comedy across the street. Come on over. All right. So, um, you guys, there's a lot of different things that go on in life, right? You guys travel, you date, all that stuff. It's just going to keep doing that. I just don't know why. It's never been a problem before. I just don't know what's going on. All right. That's no problem. I'll talk through it. <laughs> well, she's a pain. I'm in a lot of pain right now. It's been a long time since I tried to do comedy again. So, um, I keep getting distracted by that. Um, I am I'm happily in a relationship now, and it took a while, and there was a lot of uh, dating scenes kind of crazy now. We've all heard dating app jokes, so I'm not really gonna shove those down your throat right now. But um, I had to use dating apps because people don't meet each other naturally anymore. So I go to um, go on a couple different ones. You go on a bunch of dates. I really found that this to be a constant, though. Really, all dating is is a, a really elaborate roommate search. All you really find, you're, you're looking for someone who's going to match um, your style, your cleaning schedule, and hopefully um, has a larger mattress than you do. Uh, I also think that mostly what's happening when people come over to your house for that first time they visit you is they're just uh, evaluating where you live. They look at your uh, windows. They're like, ooh, okay, you have curtains. That's a plus. A dishwasher? Nice. Nice. And a laundry machine. Cool. When can I move in? I, I, I have my own dating app idea now because of that. Because that's the way it always seems. People checking out your amenities. I want a dating app that just connects those with a washer and dryer with those that don't have one. Let's call it Tumble. Yeah, it's, it's dry humor. <laughs> just let it whirl around your head for a while. I'm just trying to give you my all here. You know? All right, such a change in the tide. Really feeling washed up here. <laughs> anyway, um, when I was out dating, I met a couple of weird women, and um, they kind of shocked me in a little way. Uh, there was this one person I went out with. Things were going well, and we went to her house. When I went to her house for the first time, we arrived, and first thing I did is I checked the front lawn. No children's toys. Good. <laughs> Not ready to be a dad. Uh, we get to her door, though, right? She opens the door, and I'm just hit with this funk. Just hits me right in the face. Just bam i wish masks were th around then and it stank really bad i was like oh my god i realized what it was this woman's a hoarder you guys know what hoarders are like right uh, you've seen the show you maybe are one um but she wasn't a hoarder of like goods she was a hoarder of sugar gliders 
You guys know what those are? Yes. Well, she had about 15 of them. And as soon as we walked in the door, they just started whipping around, because they fly. If you don't know what a sugar glider is, it's a little tiny squirrel that flies. And as they fly, they'll piss and shit wherever they want to go. Sorry for the cuss. That was unavoidable. But there's plenty of it on the streets, so we're cool. Um, yeah, the little sugar gliders, one of them lands right on my shoulder, right? I'm like, ugh. She's like, oh, do you like my little friends? I was like, uh, not really, but I want to get laid, so <laughs> yeah, I love them. Um, and then this is the fu- this is the best part. She produced a grape from her person to feed it. We were out for four hours. We didn't go buy grapes. Where did the grapes come from? She just had them on her the whole time. She's here you go. Feeds the little guy on me. And then it flies off into the wild of her house. And then she, at this point, I'm already like, I don't want to be here. This is kind of gross. And uh, so I say, hey, uh, I think I want to go. She's like, no, no, no. Why don't you come in the bedroom? And I'm like, you know, I need to get laid. Okay, fine. So I go to her bedroom. And the cage for those circle gliders is in the bedroom. It takes up half of the bedroom. And it's like the epicenter of where the smell is coming from, too. So that's really pody. And uh, I was really, really worried about, like, what I, if I was going to, how do I leave? What do I do? And then she's like, you want to get on the bed? I'm like, uh, yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> so we start fooling around. And then I hear her door open, right? And then she starts panicking. Oh, no, no. I got to, uh, we stopped. I'm like, well, what's wrong? She's like, my mom's home. I was like, well, don't be embarrassed. And she said, no, 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 I'm not embarrassed uh, that someone's here. I- I'm embarrassed that you're a comedian. <laughs> anyway, that was a joke. Uh, Pam gave me the honk. Yeah? <laughs> you want me to wait for you to come, no, come back? No, I'm just going to get back to the base before it goes away because I still wait for Come on by me. I'll be in the corner while I talk to you guys. Well, no, that was your minute left. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's good. We're good. You ho- oh, co-host? Uh, I'm next. I'm over. Okay. Yeah, I'm doing this because I, I want to get those for later for myself. All right. We'll just... Uh, um, I'll go all right. What's your name, sir? Hunter. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, give your hands a clapping exercise for Mr. Hunter. Yeah. Fuck yes, people. Please take off your condom. Take off your condom, sir. I don't want your sloppy seconds. Thank you very much. How are we doing, guys? Four minutes. Four minutes, got it, Pam. I'm doing fucking great. I am. I just got a job, finally. Yay, me. Bad news is my dad's my boss. Yeah, you ever have, like, your father is a boss? Let me tell you what it's like. You ever been fired and grounded on the same day? Yeah, it's not fucking okay. You know, you get fired and then you get sent to your room. It's not okay, dude. It's not. It sucks. But, yeah, I still got a job. That's all for that. I, um... I'm really happy I got the job because I haven't done shit during COVID. Uh, the most productive thing I've done this past year is get a new couch. So pretty much all I did was find a more comfortable place to rest my depression. You know, worst part about that, I didn't even buy the couch. It was my best friend's couch. He broke up with his girlfriend, took all the fucking furniture. Oh, hey. oh that's my one. All right. It took all the fur- took all the furniture. All right. So pretty much I just, the, the place that, the thing that brings me the most joy in life right now is built upon the sadness and desperation of other people. It's horrible. You ever fart on failure? It's amazing. Sounds exactly like leather. It's great though, guys. A little bit about me. My name's Hunter Uniac. My dad's a current meth addict. My mom's a former cokehead. And I'm a raging alcoholic, which means my parents have to be proud of me. You know, 
That's fun. Hey, do you guys think Hulk Hogan looks like Thor if he was on bath salts? Yeah? Cool. Cool. My girlfriend broke up with me recently. That kind of sucks. I, mean, I don't know why she broke up with me. I treated her like a goddess. I'm an atheist. I never believed in her. When I met this girl, uh, the first I thought she was a raver because the first time we had sex, we used a glow stick condom. We broke it before we used it. <laughs> before I met this girl, I was only sleeping with single mothers. Didn't happen on purpose. Just kind of happened. But you know what's the best part about sleeping with single moms? The snacks. They're amazing. One time, this woman she gave me a fruit by the foot, and I had to split it with her because it was the only way she was gonna get six inches that night. I love that joke, guys. I do. Are you guys going to vote? Nice, nice. Little fun fact about uh, California law of, uh, voting laws. If you have a job, you get two hours paid break to go and vote. You can leave your job and say, like, hey, I need to go and vote. Two hours paid break. I worked two jobs last year. You know what I did last election? I worked two jobs. I told my first boss, hey, I need two hours paid break to go and vote. Then I went to my second job, called up my second job. I was like, hey, I need two hours paid break to go and vote. Neither job knew about the other job. But both jobs definitely didn't know I mailed my ballot in 10 days ago. Yeah. Yes. I love democracy. I was sitting on my couch stoned. It was great. It was great. <sighs> Who here likes drinking? Yay. Nice. Nice. Little fun fact about drinking. The only way you can have clean drinking water up until the year 1820 was if uh, alcohol was in it. That means everybody up until the 1820 was blacked out drunk. That's amazing. America was founded in 1776. That means the founding fathers of this great country were blacked out drunk signing the Declaration of Independence. Checks out? It does. I was high on Adderall last night researching this. <laughs> I wasn't. This is an old joke. No, but seriously, like, it's amazing. Benjamin Franklin, the greatest mind of his time. He wrote our Constitution. He invented the stove. How did he discover electricity? Anybody know? He flew a kite into a thunderstorm at 3 in the morning. That's not a man of science. That's a drunk man flying a kite into a thunderstorm at 3 in the morning. That's why now we have this theory that Jesus Christ was the only sober man up until that time period. Do you guys know the story in the Bible where you fed like 5,000 people with three fish, a couple of loaves of bread? No, you're all going to hell? That's okay. Me too. But he fed 5,000 people with three fish. It says so in the Bible where it happened next to you. Do you guys remember? It happened next to a river. <laughs> that means everybody in the Bible is too drunk to know where fish come from. <laughs> Jesus says, take my hand, and I shall guide you into the promised land. That's him trying to get his drunk apostle friends home at 4 in the morning. I can see him pacing up and down the streets of biblical Bethlehem just going, Judas! Jesus Christ, Judas. God, one of these days. We're all going to hell. I'll meet you there. That's my time. Keep it going for Pam Benjamin, everybody. Hunter Uniac, everyone. Hunter Uniac, yes. Jesus jokes like a professional. Uh, my favorite Bible verse is actually Leviticus 20:22, which is if you sleep with your father-in-law, you should both be stoned. I love to be stoned. I'll tell you right, right out the gate. That's absolutely true. Uh, your next comedian, I believe she likes to get stoned too. Uh, you're gonna enjoy her very much. Put your hands together, everybody, for Alessandra! Yay! Yeah. 
you guys on? How are you? How are you doing? I want to show you my new mask. It's uh, specifically a mask for all the Karens that ask you to, you see this mask? You understand? So if uh, somebody asks, ma'am, can you please pull your mask over the nose? And I'm like, of course, ma'am, you right away. All right? So that's my Karen mask. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys noticed. It come from a painting of mine. I actually painted it, and then I printed on a thing. It's so self-made. <laughs> so cool. Anyway, lately I, I find out lately that I am um, all my young friends' uh, favorite porn fetish, the stepmom. I don't know if you heard that. That's one of the most searched step fetish, whatever. <laughs> Porn fetish, yes, it's one of the most. Do you, do you agree on that? I don't, I, because I don't search for that porn, actually. But I heard of it. I'm like, wow. So you agree? Wow. Okay. And then I hear all those like hypocrites singing. I'm like, but no, you can't have sex with younger men because you could be their mom. I'm like, but that's the whole point. That's exactly the point. Otherwise, I wouldn't be the stepmom making porn. So, don't think. Don't care. That one, no things, um, you know. And you know what I say when it's come with uh, younger men, what I'm saying is that age different. I'm like, yeah, what is that? That means that the bigger the boner, the smaller the age different counts, right? Anyway, it is, it is, yeah. And anybody happy about the apocalypse? But we get, you know, we won't even notice about because we're all on our phone 24/7, almost. So we can't even realize that it's happening. We realize it through the phone. But you know, if it really happened, like a big boom, if we won't like, oh yeah, we can catch it on camera though. <laughs> you have one of those friends that is like happy actually that is all going to, boop boop. <laughs> right? One of those friends that is like, yes, that's great. We're all gonna live like Mad Max. I'm like, you're such an idiot. Where are you going to get your weed? <laughs> How are you going to watch your porn? I'm like, excuse me. You know, there's not going to be porn. How are we going to eat? We're going to have to, like, sell body parts or trade body parts from, like, dead people we find on the street. We go to the black market. We're like, hey, Joe, how are you doing today? Hey, can I give you a head for that piece of ass over there? Okay, are you gonna charge me an arm and a leg like last week? I mean, come on, come on. Uh, you know, so I like, um, and my friend will be like, yeah, that would be cannibal porn. I'm like, yeah, sure, cannibal porn, you know. Um, there is an ad that I did with Pam here at the radio and says exactly this. I'm Italian, everybody. And we brought you lots of good things. Food, uh, great pizza, great uh, music, opera, all those things. We brought you also fascism with Mussolini. Then we, we brought you fascism with Mussolini. And then we brought you before that the Roman, you know. So if you thought that you live in a fascist country, actually you're getting there because you have always been living in this fake democracy and freedom to be enslaved to the, you know, to the corporate bank, whatever world. The world of war, the world of endless artificial intelligence, all those worlds that we have, so be free. We're all free to be enslaved. Yeah, 
And that was my time, you guys. Bye-bye. And here for Palm Benjamin. Too real, too soon. Yeah, you're all enslaved. Yay. The patriarchy is real. That's exciting. You were, uh, you were talking about porn there for a second, and it's true. A lot of guys say I give off a serious mom vibe, and I say, what about a stepmom vibe? Because I know what you guys are looking for on your search engines. That's right. I've been, uh, I've been looking for a guy with an edible complex because I make the best weed food in town. I tell you what, I hope he has an edible complex because... That is a smart joke. Your next comedian. I think she's from out of town. Put your hands together, everybody, for Liz Randall. Yay! It's been a while since I've done this. Uh, Hi, I'm Liz. Um, I feel like I'm the female recovered version of Hunter. Just, you know, from what I hear, lots of similarities. Thank you, I appreciate it. Um, anyways, my mother loves the saying that she's a bleeding heart liberal Democrat. I don't know about you, but that sounds a little bit closeted Republican to me. The don't tread on me sticker on the back of her lifted forerunner says differently. Um, speaking of mommy issues, I just started therapy pretty great um it's difficult to get there though it's difficult to start therapy it's kind of like when you break your leg when you don't have health insurance like you're kind of just sitting there like ooh, it's just sprained it's fine it'll heal no jerry your the bone is sticking out of your leg we need to take you to the er immediately it's like when you cut your hand open and it's just like, I'll just run some cold water on it, it's fine. Like I'll put a bandaid on it. No, that's a huge gaping wound and we really need to put stitches in it. Same with my uh, trauma growing up. So I guess it's the same. Oh, I heard whispers in my ear. I got a little startled there, sorry. Um, but what's great is that my therapist doesn't laugh at my jokes. Like that's how I heal, right? So I guess you could say my copay is actually paying for me to be a stronger comedian. Um, I actually just turned 28, and I actually wrote this joke when I was 27. The only difference between now and then is that um, when I sneeze, I get scared. Like, did I hurt something? Did I pull a muscle? Is it going to ruin my month? You know what I mean? But being 28 is a weird age, right? When you're 21, you're bright-eyed, you're ready for a party, you can do anything you want, you never get hurt, you're invincible. When you're 28, it's just, it's, I don't even know how to use LinkedIn, okay? I don't even know how to find a proper job, okay? When you're 21, you can, you know, drop out of college, you're discovering yourself, you're trying to find yourself, right? When you're 28, community college is rejecting you. <laughs> they really want you to get your life together by now, guys. When you're 21, you can go to a club and, you know, fool around with a hot bartender in the bathroom. It's considered cute. It's considered sexy. When you're 28, think about this, okay? That bartender is seven years older. And by this point, he's been demoted down to barback. Okay? And, you know, you're not making eye contact. You need this to hurry up because, you know, my Bumble date's showing up in an hour, and we really have to speed this up, all right? 
And, you know, I think about what 30 is going to be like for me 10 years from now, and all I can imagine is this. I'm at my kid's little league game. I had a son. I'm not going to have a girl because I don't want to put that type of trauma on you. But I have split custody with the bar back, and we start fooling around in the porta potty, right? And the moral of the story is, is that the bathroom sex just keeps getting crappier and crappier and crappier <laughs> the older that you get. I'm going to leave you with this, okay? I want you to think about this. Bad boyfriends and girlfriends are like houseplants, okay? Right? Um, they're, they look nice, they're beautiful, but they're not doing anything for you. That fern that I bought at Target last week isn't going to tell me that I'm the most beautiful woman he has ever seen in his life. That air plant that I have hanging in my bedroom that's a little bit dusty, a little bit scared, isn't going to buy me tampons anytime soon. <laughs> and that dead orchid on my desk at work isn't going to cuddle me after sex. Why would I have sex with an orchid? Don't ask. But one thing that I do know that a houseplant won't do, that a crappy boyfriend will do, is cheat on me with my cousin over the weekend. One thing that houseplant won't do is steal my credit card for foot fetish porn, which doesn't make sense because you can get that for free online. Am I correct? Anyways, that's my time. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Yay! Liz Randall, everyone. Yay, Liz Randall, that was lovely. I feel like I'm so much closer to you now. Yay. Uh, I've realized recently that no one will give you crap for not wearing a mask if you're eating or smoking. So now I'm a bulimic chain smoker, <laughs> which is so much more healthy. You know what I mean? You know? I'm gonna go in and get a cigarette during our next comedian's set. <laughs> And just get it, I'm gonna walk out in front of you. I'm sorry, I'm apologizing before I do it because I like to ask permission rather than beg forgiveness. But I do love to smoke and what I realized, I used, to, I used to really worry about where I blew my smoke, but now your kid is wearing a mask. So I don't care, I'm blowing the Smoking wherever I want. Uh, your next comedian, she's smoking hot. I just wanted to use, I'm just, you know, practicing my. I don't actually know you, but you are really pretty. Uh, but I also don't want to like, I don't want to like be the, I don't want to sexualize you and be the patriarchy. I'm like, be the change you want to see in the world. Stop being the patriarchy. She is, she's really, are you smiling though? Uh, she's so much prettier when she smiles, you know? Put your hands together for Morgan Anderson, yay! I'm kidding about the smiling thing. She's really pretty. <laughs> weirdest condom I've ever seen. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Yeah, she's really loud in there. You guys not so much. How are you doing? Good? Yes, thank you. My name's Morgan. Um, you know what I don't understand? I don't understand why during a good meal people describe their food as an orgasm in their mouth. I feel like I've had a lot of orgasms in my mouth and none of them have tasted any good. <laughs> um, I was catcalled today and uh, I don't know why every time I say that it feels like I'm bragging. Um, I was catcalled today by a homeless gentleman. Um, 
I don't know why I said gentleman like he was wearing a suit, <laughs> but he was, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he was kind of hot, and I know that we're not supposed to like, like it, and we're supposed to get really mad, but I have very low self-esteem. So, um, he was cute though. He kind of had this like Christian Bale vibe going on. Um, if instead of becoming a method actor, he just stopped at meth. Um, I bought some pepper spray today, <laughs> and I looked on the back uh, to read it, as we do. Um, and the back said it was uh, 12 ounces, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that means. I'm gonna need you to quantify this with something that makes sense. Like, I need to know how many rapes are in there. I feel like, what is a rape equivalent of 12 ounces? Is it one rape per ounce? I don't know. I feel like that's the information that we need. Um, I have a theory that God was the first sexual predator. Uh, hear me out. I don't think anywhere in the Bible does he ask Mary for consent. Nope. He just, he just flies in through a window one night, bangs her, and then flies back out, never to be seen again. <laughs> I think that immaculate conception is just a fancy way to say ghost rape, to be honest. And um, it checks out because in the Bible it says uh, man was made in God's image, so it makes sense as to why so many men are rapists. Uh, yeah, yep. It's too real? Is it too real? Sorry. Sorry about that. So sorry. This is comedy. It's supposed to be, it's not supposed to be real. Fuck. Shoot. Um, did you guys know that there's a four women category on Pornhub? Yeah, all the videos are two and a half minutes long. The woman doesn't come, and she ends up going home alone to masturbate. Yeah, it's a, it's a hero's journey, really. Um, I was also reading that women tend to date men that resemble their fathers, uh, which would totally make sense as to why I'm so into necrophilia. My dad's not dead, though, really. He's just dead to me. Um, I don't understand why men want to fold me up during sex. Are you trying to make me physically and emotionally smaller? <laughs> I feel like I'm just lying there with my legs behind my head. I feel like a US gymnast at a doctor's appointment. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't realize how heavy of a sleeper I was until the woman in the apartment next to me got stabbed to death. Um, based on how many CAPTCHA tests I failed, I'm really starting to believe that I am a robot. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if they should have robots make the test to decide what is and is not a robot. Like, find the crosswalk. Apparently the sign on the crosswalk isn't actually a part of the crosswalk, and a Vespa is a motorcycle? <laughs> I don't think so. I feel like I feel like they should ask questions that only humans would know the answer to. Like, what is love? Although I'd probably fail that too, so <laughs> whatever. Um, how much time do I have? Okay. Um, so I'm in my 30s and uh, I started getting laser hair removal down here. And what they don't tell you is that it doesn't fall out all at once. So for the last eight months, it's been falling out bit by bit. 
Yeah. My vagina looks like it has cancer. I'm thinking about getting it a little scarf so it doesn't feel so insecure. It kind of looks like one of those homeless dogs Sarah McLaughlin's been trying to sell forever. Every time I take my clothes off and look down, all I hear is in the arms of the angels. <laughs> all right, guys, thank you. Keep it going for Morgan Anderson. Yay! Yay, and then yay! When you get old, you get uh, actually gray pubes, and then... Yeah, and then it gets real. <laughs> then it gets real. I have such a shock of gray pubes. It, it's like um, it's like I'm that 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 character that what's her name? Who reads comic books? You do. You're 18. Come on now, the one with the stripe in her hair because she touched something rogue. Yeah, I'm like rogue. <sighs> rogue agent. Just a big shock. Cool. I thought you would read. Are you more of a manga fan? Ranma. I'm just trying to stereotype because I'm a jerk. <laughs> I'm really excited for your next comedian because he's young and we are an all ages place because we're outside and we've always been all ages because, you know, we're just a radio station. Uh, I'm super excited that he's here. Uh, please give it up for new comedian Jeffrey Chen. <laughs> Yay! There's the condoms in there. never had sex before, so uh, <laughs> just like for my first time having sex, I'm going to be reading a manual. Do you guys remember that uh, phase you had as a little kid where you wanted to have this one job, like firefighter or a truck driver or president? So I had a brief phase where I wanted to be a white supremacist, which, looking back at it now, is moronic. As you know, clearly, you can both be a white supremacist and a president at the same time. It was the early uh, 2000s, I was seven or eight years old, and back then I lived in Illinois, where our economy was primarily based upon cows, corn, and undiagnosed clinical depression. And I had a soccer game at a, a pretty rural area, so my parents dropped me off and I asked, Mom, Dad, can you watch my soccer game? And they laughed and drove off. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna need therapy when I grow up, but this is fine. So I'm walking to the soccer game, but then I hear some cheering. So I changed directions to follow the sounds, and it's a parade. Dozens of people were marching down the street, people carrying American flags, people cheering, people in long flowing white robes with white pointy hats. I remember thinking, it's August, isn't it a little early for Halloween? And it was quite an odd parade. Some of them are raising their right arm 45 degrees into the air, you know, to block the sun from getting into their eyes. But what really caught my attention were the signs they were holding. And the biggest one was a sign that said, in big scrawling words, white power. And I was like, Yes, I too support renewable energy. <laughs> and one of the marchers goes up to where I am and he's passing out candy and pamphlets which say to join the Ku Klux Klan and he's giving it to kids and parents and he reaches me and then he completely ignores me. And I'm telling you, I was devastated. I did not see that coming. I'm Asian, the only place I should be rejected from is Harvard and my family's dining room table. <laughs> so I leave the parade and I was like, they're wearing cool costumes, there are dragons and wizards. I gotta find a way to join. So I play my soccer game, we get crushed 14 to zero. I get home and I hop on my computer, wait 30 minutes for it to boot up because I'm using Windows XP, and then do some searching. And the thing about looking up the Ku Klux Klan is that you only have to type in the same three letters, but I forgot which letter it was. So I go down the entire alphabet, like 
AAA, no, BBB, no, CCC. I felt like a six-year-old who failed kindergarten due, due to a crippling meth addiction. Uh, 11 tries later, I get on the KKK website. I wait 20 minutes for it to load because I was using Windows XP. And then, and then the website loads. And I look at it for the first time and I feel shocked. It's absolutely disgusting. The web design was complete shit. <laughs> there were shitty JPEG images all over the place, and you know that when you're trying to drag an image onto like a Word document and just like explodes? Yeah, that was the entire KKK website. The text was all warped around images of clan members. Basically, they segregated the images of white people from the text, which was black. It was a real clusterfuck. And that's the only time I can swear, right? Okay, thank you. Okay, seriously, what is the deal with hate groups and shitty sex- sh sh shitty graphic design? Like, you never see someone who's openly racist and also good at art. My favorite thing in the world is when some racist dude or neo-Nazi spray paints in swastika, but it's all wrong. Like, the lines are all messed up and at the wrong angle, like an octopus had sex with a multiplication sign. I guess they like Hitler so much that they also want to be bad at uh, art. But I'm not here to critique their, like, crappy web design. I'm just there to set up, sign up. You know, it's 2008. It's not like they had Squarespace or anything. Like, uh, this racism was brought to you by Squarespace. Use code white supremacy for 15% off. So I find the requirements to join, and I'm thinking, do I have to audition or something to get in? I mean, I can wiggle my ears, and I'm seven years old, so I can play a useless piece of shit, which I think the KKK is very familiar with playing. But I read the requirements, and it's just two sentences. It says, the first one says, we, we are here for the white race, blah, blah, blah. And the next one says in big, bold letters, no Jews, no Catholics, no blacks, no Mexicans, and no Asians. And I was offended. I mean, it was racist, but that wasn't really it. It's because I'm an American. In America, we're free to make choices. Now, did I want to join the KKK? No. But did I want the option to join the KKK? You can bet your star-spangled ass that I did. And honestly, not taking people's money who aren't white Protestants is a pretty shit business strategy. Just because I'm Asian doesn't mean I can't contribute to your cause. For instance, I'm pretty good with coming up with taglines, which the KKK really needs a new one. Their current slogan is, we must secure the existence of our people in a future for white children. And that's boring as shit. Here's a better one. The Ku Klux Klan, we, why be wrong when you can be white? I no longer want to be a white supremacist, now I actually want to be a comedian, which my parents might actually be worse, but I log up the computer, it takes uh, 15 minutes to close because I'm using Windows XP, then I hear my dad. He goes up to me and he asks, how was the soccer game? And I tell him, it was okay, KK. Thank you, I'm Jeffrey. <laughs> Jeffrey Chen, yay! What a what a what a beautiful monologue you had. I can't wait till you memorize it. Yay! No, it really is. You're very funny, and that was really good writing. It was a really good piece of writing. Really good political satire. I enjoyed it very much. And you should send it in to Stephen Colbert or something. Does he still do shows? I don't know how that works, but I enjoyed that very much. Yay! I have a. I didn't wear my jacket tonight that says F Trump on it, but. I like to wear that sometimes, too. Your next comedian, he's another young man. I'm so glad he's here. He's pretty new as well. Put your hands together, everybody, for Donald Toggart. Yay! There's condoms and stuff. Yay! Is this right? Okay. All right, so, ooh. there we go. So yeah, my name's Donald, I'm 18, and uh, I'm working on improving myself. 
Can you hear me now? Okay, thank you. So yeah, my name is Donald Taggart. I'm 18 and I'm working on improving myself. So there's a lot of work to be done. Um, one of the little things I've done is uh, I've set up my Instagram to alert me when I've been on the app for at least 15 minutes that day. So now I get a friendly reminder that I'm wasting my life away whenever it's 12:15 a.m. in the morning. And uh, the other problem with staring at my phone screen late at night is that I don't have my eyes on the road. And uh, it's probably wrong for me to make that joke because uh, my parents actually passed away in a car accident when I was six. Um, they were both drunk and to be honest, it was their fault considering they made me the designated driver. But uh, don't worry, they're not dead. Uh, I got them home safely. Um, but it's interesting though that video games are the only ones blamed for having a bad influence on teens. Because I think... No worries. Because I think uh, Mario Kart actually affected my ability to drive. Um, one time in real life, I was shooting down an alley as a shortcut, and I saw a cardboard box in the middle of that alley. And I was like, oh, I'll run it over, because in like Mario Kart, that's how you get the power-ups. And um, inside that cardboard box, there wasn't any um, mushrooms, or there wasn't any turtle shells, but there was a homeless woman living inside. Um, so the police showed up, and uh, they seemed mad. So they asked if I killed the woman living in the box. And um, I told them, well, I don't think she's living in there anymore. But they asked if I killed this homeless woman in her home, which that statement doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but the whole situation seemed kind of suspicious. And they asked uh, why I was driving down an alley that late at night. So I told them the honest truth. And I said I was looking for mushrooms. Um, <laughs> They seemed concerned, so they said, uh, the hallucinogenic ones, and I was like, no, 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 no. The big red ones with the eyes that make you go faster, and then they arrested me, so. On a different note, I wanted to tell my crush that I liked them, but I didn't want to come out of the closet at the time, because I didn't want her to find out that I snuck into her room. Thank you. Yeah. I'm actually straight, and my type tends to be four-year-old bitches, but that's not pedophilia, because in dog years they're 28. Um, I forgot to mention this earlier, but I hope everyone's doing well, but probably not, considering this is mostly people doing stand-up. A good half of us probably have some serious mental issues. Um, I wouldn't be here if I didn't. Um, because if you're doing stand-up, you're probably trying to cope with something. A comedian without mental health issues is kind of like a sex worker who has had a good home life. Um, I have good coping skills for when I'm sad, though. I've noticed when I'm sad, exercise really helps. Whenever I feel distressed, I go jump on a trampoline. I actually found a really good one right under the Golden Gate Bridge. And, um, I don't know. Let's see. Oh, yeah. My therapist, they're great, though. But sometimes I feel like they ask me questions that they should already know the answers to. Mine asked, uh, Donald, how hard is it for you to find a someone to have a conversation with and I told them and reminded them that I have to pay them $60 an hour and they also asked if I was dealing with any relentless nagging thoughts and I said yeah my girlfriend and they didn't really think that was an appropriate thing to say during couples therapy and apparently neither did my ex
Alright, so all my material has been pretty depressing and edgy so far, so I'm going to lighten it up a bit. Now? Yep. Oh yeah, I heard it, yeah. What is white, black, and red all over? A truck mowing through a BLM protest? This is dark. Thank you. Tugger, yay! Hey, the way you use a microphone is you put it up next to your mouth. Yay! No, it's okay. You're new. You're super new. You'll learn all of these things very soon. One of them is everyone has to hear you to hear your beautiful, wonderful writing. Because I know there were jokes in there because I could tell that you wrote them because you were reading it off your phone. So that's how I could tell. I'm not, I'm just making fun of you a little, but it's okay. No, I, <laughs> Joke Workshop is on Monday. It's at six o'clock and um, you get to learn all of these things. And then we're, we give four minutes and you get four minutes of comments by your comedian peers and stuff. And it's fun, you're cracking up. Cause it's, but it's true though, but it's hard to do, they're 18. It's the first time they've ever used a microphone. Not everybody has a microphone tattooed on their arm. You know what, you wanna know the best? You wanna know the best thing you'll never be able to do it again? But karaoke is the best way to pack practice comedy. You ever wanna learn how to use a microphone? Learn how to sing into it. Problem is we can't do karaoke anymore because we're not allowed to use, bah, you can't, we're not allowed. Even if you bring your own microphone, I'm like, can we sit? Can I get in a glass room and sing karaoke so I can feel good about myself? Because this comedy thing isn't doing it. It is. It's doing it just fine. Uh, your last comedian of the open mic before we get in. I hope you all stay for the for the 7 o'clock show, which would be great. There's a donation bucket over here, too, because boy, do I need money. <laughs> uh, being a socialist. I'm a socialist living in a capitalist economy. Man, did I love that unemployment stuff. God bless California. Without the unemployment that I finally am going to be getting, this place would have died. So thank you, California. Yay. I've lived here my whole life, and you're helping me. I love the sun and the sky. I will never move to Canada. I promise. I'm not going to gentrify that nation. All right. You're a uh, last comedian of the open mic. Put your hands together. It's Brady. Yay. Condoms are back there. He's familiar with condoms. <laughs> makes us all so thirsty, right? Oh, yeah. Oh. oh, my God, that's so hot. That's so exciting. Hi, everybody. Can you hear me now? Is it clear? Hi. Um, my name is Brady, as you know. Um, there seems to be a lot of discussion today about age. Um, you know, young or old. I happen to be old now. It's very exciting. Um, I just turned 50. Yes, I did, you know, and this bitch has survived AIDS and COVID so far, so let's keep this going. <laughs> um, and so, you know, like I, you know, I've been around for a long time, and I happened to grow up in the 70s, and some of you may not remember the 70s, but I do vividly. And with a name like Brady, which is pretty special, it sounds kind of rare now, but it's even better then, because that's when we had the show called The Brady Bunch. Yes. <laughs> do you remember that? Anybody remember that show? Okay, and you know how nice kids are on the playground? You know how they are? How sweet they can be? So they follow me on the playground all the time. Hey, Brady. Tell me what on the Brady Bunch today, Brady. What happened today? And for months this went on. I'm like eight. I don't know what the fuck's going on. What the f going on? And so I turned around and said, so do you really want to know? And they're like, yeah, tell me. I said, okay. And I told them how Alice liked her meat. 
what was going on with Mike and Greg in the Johnny Bravo Lounge. <laughs> and what really went down in the doghouse with Kitty Carriol, Tiger, and Cindy. I made a lot of friends that year. A lot of friends. Um, and moving to now, like, I keep thinking about, like, we're, be we're being uh, pushed away from each other. Like, we find, like, there's nothing in common. Like, I keep thinking to my to straight guys, they're like, you know, you faggot, you know, like, blah, blah, blah. We have nothing in common. We, we have nothing in common. You're just a matter of fact, like, gentlemen, I know you, but we have all one thing in common. And if, if I'm not right, it's, we all like to put it in something, don't we, gentlemen? <laughs> right? Isn't that what we all love to do, every single guy? So think about that. Every guy you're looking at wants to stick it in something. All right? And we all have the same thing. We're like, when you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, my God. Where did I put it? Where was it? What did I stick it in? Is that guacamole? What is that? Oh my God! What did I bring home? Is it a disease? We have to go. Get and now we know we have to get tested, right? But the other thing that brings us together is like the COVID sex things. Now we all have to use glory holes. <laughs> now we all have to take it from behind, right? If you see, no, seriously, in New York, right? The COVID is the great equalizer, right? We now have we all have to sex behind doors, behind plexiglass. If we survive AIDS, we're used to that, <laughs> right? But now we're like, yeah. Um, what else do I have here? Da, da, da. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. Um, so, yeah, I think that's all I have right now. Ooh, okay. Thank you. No honks. Brady with a hot three. Yes. Brady is, is one of the COVID prodigies. He came here because he was like, I don't know what to do with my life. And we were doing outdoor shows. And he's like, I could do this. I think I was built for this. And I was like, yes, you are. And now he just did a hot three. So clap it up again for Brady. Yay. <laughs> I have pictures from you last week or the week before, and they're super cute. But we're not friends on Facebook or whatever, which is weird. Oh, we have to fix that. All right. Uh, the other thing we have to fix is I'm going to put some lights up for uh, the show show. There's uh, a bucket here if you want to donate. That's super awesome. And we're going to start the show show in a few minutes. Uh, this was an open mic, and that's so great. And thank you all for coming because I usually book the show show based on who comes to the open mic and all that stuff. But we have more open mics at Mutiny Radio. We have Mondays, like I said, Joke Workshop. Please come out for that. Tomorrow we have a special show at 6 o'clock. It's a silly little birthday show for me. Yay. Um, but we're going to hang out for a couple minutes, stick around, and we're going to be back with more comedy here on Mutiny Radio. Yay!
front lights and we've got top light. You know, maybe like if you focus it a little bit more this direction. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, so lights are good.
We're in comedy here in a little bit, guys. You want to drop off your laundry and come back through comedy here.
Hey, someone just stole my phone, so if anybody can call my phone, 760-716-3865, and please ask them to bring my phone back because I really need that phone. Whoever just stole my phone, please bring it back. 760-716-3865. This just became a fundraiser. sucks that sucks so much that's like so much suck like i'm sorry you guys i just the phone is my <sighs> hey my phone was just stolen everybody call it seven six it's a samsung that someone gave me and it's it's a dumb phone it doesn't actually connect to anything and there's nothing on it it's such a loss for whoever took it because it doesn't even have a plan i'm on a go phone with at&t and Yeah, they turned it off right away. They stole my phone. I am so dumb. I am so, so dumb. Okay, I can't even tell jokes. I'm sorry. I'm just like super, it's, it's fine. It's karma. Like all these great things just happened to me. Like, yay, we got a permit so we can be out here legally with these chairs. Yay, that's really great. Yay. It's my birthday tomorrow. Yay, someone just stole my phone for my birthday. Thank you. That's really cool. I turned 46. There's nothing on the phone. I'm a socialist. I'm on food stamps. I've been keeping this place alive and no one knows how. I know. I work really hard and you just stole my phone, bro. Why did you do that? It sucks. <sighs> okay. I'm sorry. I can't be happy. Someone just stole my phone just, to, just now. I can't time you guys. I'm going to do my best timing you. Uh, <laughs> but I have to guess on time now. It doesn't matter. I don't need a phone. No one ever calls me anyways. Th I mean, my phone was stolen not too long ago anyway, and I just didn't put any numbers in. I was just waiting for people to call me, and guess what I realized? I only have 10 friends. <laughs> None of them are my mom. <laughs> Actually, that's perfect, because they just stole a bunch of pictures that it's fine. There's nothing on that phone of any value. They're never going to figure out my password. It's such a loss for them. Whatever. It is. It was just mean. It was just mean. It's just stupid of me to just leave. Okay. Your first comedian of the night's going to make you laugh. Hopefully it makes me laugh because I'm going to be a bad mood until someone makes me laugh because someone just stole my phone and I'm not allowed to swear outside. Put your hands together for your first comedian, Steven Steiner. Yeah. Well, this isn't a better way to start a show, isn't it? Um, I'm going to turn on my own timer just to keep it. Pam, we're doing 8 to 10, right? I don't have a phone. I can't time anyone. I the minute I stop laughing is the minute I take you off stage. All right. Cool. I have no timer. I don't know. I can start one. How much time do you want me to go? 8 to 10? 
All right, I got a timer. Okay, uh, so trying to fix the world's problems and get people to laugh, I think the solution is to just make everybody skip. Yeah, have you ever tried to be mad while skipping down the street? Hey, maybe you should try that. Just start skipping and see if you can not be mad. Um, all right, well, that joke didn't work. That was the first joke I ever wrote when I was like 15 and thought it was really funny. I just wanted to see if it would work in front of a live stage, and I know not to do that one again. So thank you for that uh, confirmation. Uh, going into it, though, I started going to therapy recently. Anybody else? Yeah, did your magic eight ball stop working, too? Yeah. I started going to therapy to get answers, and I just got way more questions. Why are you here? What brings you in? Why do you think you're here? What do you think that started for? It's like, I don't know. That's why I'm here, not to be interrogated, but to try to get some answers. Uh, this is my rant, apparently, and you guys are listening to it. Um, but it turns out I'm suffering from YBS. Gross. I don't know what you're thinking. That's younger brother syndrome. Yeah. Turns out I'm a victim of my sister's role plays. Again, you're gross. I don't know what you're thinking, but the antics that were fun when we were kids don't work the same way now that we're 30. Steven, let's have a tea party. Uh, these are shot glasses, not teacups anymore. Pam, you doing okay? Yeah, all right, I'll check in occasionally. We're doing okay on time. Uh, yeah, we're good. All right, um, continuing to go with that trend, baking with my sister at 30 years old doesn't involve an easy bake oven anymore. Yeah, now baking with an older sister is when she disappears for a while and I'm left in the kitchen making cookies alone. I think there's a munchies joke in there somewhere. Is everybody just down because of Pam's phone? This is like, <laughs> I mean, I feel it. I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep going. All right. Uh, I'm excited that I'm finally outside seeing people again. Yeah, it's nice to see that people still have legs. Yeah, we can clap for that, that's cool. Yeah, six months worth of doing stand-up comedy at a Zoom box, I felt like I was just in a zoo. What's he gonna do next? Yeah, now it's like a, a petting zoo because we can actually somewhat be in contact, but not. It's cool, I'll keep my distance. Some of you laughed, that was good. I'll take it, I'll take it, that's cool. Um, other good news, I moved in with a woman recently. Yeah, my mom. Uh, yeah, moving and vacuums have a lot in common. They both suck. Yeah, Pam laughed. Yes, I think that's, I'm gonna keep trying, I'm gonna keep trying, that was a giggle, it was good. We can get a belly laugh maybe. Uh, Cause I found out that moving has kind of an upward roller coaster in it to where like, you feel really good about yourself when you when you start packing like 20 boxes, and then you turn around and it looks like you did nothing at all, right? It's just like, well, I don't know. And then you keep packing, you keep packing, you're like, yes, we're gonna move, and all of your stuff gets to your new place, and then you have to unpack? <laughs> Screw that. I have a really nice couch now, just made of filled boxes. Ikea's got nothing on that furniture, yeah. I have a TV stand in a stand box. Yeah. I don't know where the TV is, but it's in one of those boxes. That's what moving's like. Moving, and it's one of those things to where it's like, I could either try to find it, but I felt like I was a magician, hiding stuff from myself. 
Um, so I just go buy it anyway. I don't know. It's it's a it's a scavenger hunt game that I've made for myself apparently. Uh, but now I have so many cardboard boxes that I just feel like I'm at a sporting event surrounded by cardboard cutouts. A few of you are liking this. All right, try to be looked at by a bunch of weird strangers in your room that are two-dimensional. At least doing a Zoom show, they respond. Uh, but professional sports teams are pumping their own sound noise. That's how I get laughs at all my jokes. <laughs> I got a laugh track that just gives me something to practice against. It's cool. Um, but I've noticed that my sporting career has a lot in common with my dating life. Yeah, getting on base is a struggle. Somebody got that one. Uh, I can hit a home run, but that costs $400 in the tenderloin, and I don't got money for that. Ouch. How are we doing, Pam? <laughs> that was a smile. We're trying. We're trying. Uh, by the way, if you don't have cash, you can Venmo uh, Mutiny Radio also to contribute to Pam's phone and keeping the lights on fund. That, that was not supposed to be a joke, but I'm glad it made you laugh. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, so you can do that. So yeah, I'll just keep plugging and checking in to make sure we're doing okay. Um, I'm at like five and a half minutes, so this is what torturing feels like when only three people are laughing at your jokes. But I'm going to keep going because I was told eight minutes. Uh, this is That's what Pam laughs at again. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm just going to keep making shit up as I go. Uh, Pam says that this is a clean comedy show. So I showered. <laughs> yeah. I got claps on that one. Hygiene gets the claps. All right, let's keep making jokes about being clean. Uh, a dirty joke, though. This is one that my grandpa used to tell me. Yeah, a guy fell in the mud. <laughs> clean joke version is that he also showered. Yeah, you're welcome. This is, this is making it up as we go, folks. Uh, do you guys want some dad jokes? That got Pam to laugh last week. Pam likes the dad jokes. You want some dad jokes? Yeah. yeah, dad jokes. Commas. They give me pause. I'm just trying to be punctual. Just trying to be punctual, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I solved a puzzle last week. Not to brag, but it said three to four years on the box. hey I got a chuckle. I got a chuckle. Um, I, I should stop with the dad jokes, though, because... Uh, I don't have kids yet, and that's just a faux pas. Uh, yeah, it's getting cornier. It's cool. It's fun. Um, all right. I think I'm going to end it with that. We got some laughs out of Pam. Please, please, please help us out. I know, Pam, you're getting some of your the, the money finally to help keep the lights on with this place. Mutiny Radio on Venmo if you don't have cash. And uh, enjoy your night. Thank you so much for coming out. Steven Steiner, everyone. He's the dad I always wanted. Aww. With the no, it's cool. Like he, I think you've given me money. That's really supportive. Thank you. <laughs> my dad, my dad is actually super Republican, like super Republican, and he sends me these terrible Republican memes all the time. And I don't know if he's doing it because he has an awesome sense of humor, or if because he really hates me. Um, <laughs> When he raised me, he used to call me his little call me pinko liberal. And I was like, look what you did. <laughs> Do you see words have power, dad? Anyway, my phone was stolen. <sighs> so if I don't call you back or you text me, 
honestly, so I think this is 